kommen, um die Kinder zu spielen. Now, that, I apologize to everyone, that is a, a Google AI. Uh, rough translation is, welcome to play the kids. Uh, so anyone who actually speaks German, I apologize. If you're wondering why I started with that, I highly recommend that you go and listen to the USL show episode. Uh, it was titled, um, it was titled this. Teilnahme Fußballverein. <laughs> and it was posted on May 2nd. And if you go and listen to that episode, you'll know why I've been messing with that to start the show. Anywho, welcome to Play the Kids in English this time. I am Kevin McCamish, and with me, of course, as always, is Mr. Josh Duder. How's it going, Josh? Sehr gut. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, if, if you guys go out and go to the uslshow.com, listen to the episode posted May 2nd. Um, that second part, the Tilhame Vuzbalvern, uh, roughly translates attendance football club, and many fans in Cincinnati hate me now. It was lots of fun. Anyway, back to our own show. Uh, Play the Kids. You can catch us on playthekids.com. Hopefully that's where you're listening to us. Um, and if you want stickers, DM either myself at PTK Podcast or at Josh Duda. We got lots of stickers to give out. Um, quick news rundown. Um, only one more episode before FC St. Pauli come to town. So mm -hmm. go back and listen to episode four for lots of information on how to get tickets in the away section if you want to sit with the St. Pauli supporters. Um, we are hoping, fingers crossed, that our next episode might be less T2 and a lot of FC St. Pauli. I'm kind of hoping we can do a joint podcast with uh, Fell in Love with a Girl podcast. Right. It's an FC St. Pauli fan podcast. Um, if you haven't listened to it and you are an FC St. Pauli supporter, that's a must add. Yeah, I've confirmed that they're, they are participatory uh, in this event. Uh, they're going to give me three dates that work for them, and we can pick from the three dates that work for us. And I'm trying to get um, author Nick Davidson of Pirates, Punks, and Politics to join in on the conversation. Uh, so we should have uh, Fell in Love with a Girl podcast and author Nick Davidson uh, talking about culture, history, and relevance of, uh, of FC St. Pauli to Portland. Awesome. So that sounds great. So maybe look for our next episode. It'll be out two Fridays from now. Well, we're recording Thursday night, but two Fridays from now, from when this one releases, that'll be out, whether it is uh, an episode about T2 or a straight-up St. Pauli remix episode. It'll be tons of fun no matter what. Um, another thing I wanted to say was that apparently this season, 2018, we have more than doubled our listeners from 2017, mm -hmm. um, even from the very first episode back in January this year. So I'd very much like to say thank you uh, to... Yes, this is true. The hundreds of you that actually listen. Uh, I'm blown away. Josh is blown away. We will absolutely keep up um, the amazing work uh, to hit triple digits. When I saw that, I was like, that's pretty awesome. So that's again, Russian thanks. bots, Kevin. It's just Russian bots. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I, we don't, I mean, we don't support Russia, so whatever. But anyway, no. to all the real people that listen, all the hundred and some odd of you out there, really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, today we're going to be talking about T2's loss at home to Reno um, and then giving the conference leaders uh, previously undefeated Sacramento their first loss of the season at Providence Park. Um, and T2 has already four wins, 13 points across eight games. So not only is that more than uh, 217's entire total, uh, almost the same amount of points we had in the entire season, uh, 13 points through eight matches is the best start 
uh, for T2 in a season uh, in their short history. So 1.625 points per game. If you average that over 32 matches, that's going to be 52 points at the end of the season. If this were 2015-2016, that's good for first or second place in the West. Uh, with 32 games now, though, in 2017, it would have been middle of the playoff spots, um, which either means the last home seed or the first away seed. Uh, either way, <laughs> bottom line is if they keep it up, we could very well be talking uh, T2 hitting a playoff spot. But but we must control ourselves. It's only been eight games. We still have 24 more to go. Uh, but this certainly is not the T2 of yesteryear. Um, and seasons past, so I think it's probably fair to get a little bit excited about this team. Um, another little interesting kind of thing I wanted to point out, every single season, 15, 16, 17, now 18, T2 has always won their sixth game of the season. That was something I had mentioned before. And then I had said that, uh, you know, we don't really, we, we've only gotten a single draw in the seventh match. Well, seven match was against Reno, and we lost. Um, and then in the eighth match of previous seasons, we've actually done very well, and we got to win. So it's kind of, it's interesting to kind of see like the historical context of how we've like, we've won every single sixth game of the season. And then we've struggled in the seventh. We've done successful in the eighth. And we've also struggled in the uh, ninth episode or or, (laughs) episode. Oh my God. I'm thinking podcast, the ninth uh, game of the season. So um, coming up at the ninth match, uh, you know, we have an away trip to St. Louis. It's going to be on short rest. St. Louis is a, a stingy team. They're very solidly able to pull out 1-0 wins. Um, so I think any kind of result we get, if it's a draw or a win, will be ecstatic. Um, but we'll have to see how that goes. Any uh, any quick T2-related stats or points of information you'd like to bring up real quick? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I thought it was interesting that you mentioned um, – that they typically drawn in their seventh match, and they really almost did draw in their seventh match, um, which was at Merlot, and then their eighth match was at Providence Park. So T2 is continuing to split the season between the two home venues. Um, results may vary between the two. So at the end of the year, it'd be interesting to see. Um, you know, T2 came out of this now after those two matches. They're fourth place in the West, as you said. Uh, 13 points. We don't want to get too excited about that. But when I go and I kind of look at um, some of the statistics from the last two matches, uh, Reno versus Reno, uh, T2 had 49% possession, 54% of the duels uh, uh, success, 62% of uh, aerial success. Um, for And then versus uh, Sac Republic, I mean, a little bit lower of a number, but still riding around the same, you know, splitting the difference here, 45% possession, 50% duels, and 46% aerial duels, which is, I think that's a big drop off from aerial duels in the first, uh, in the previous match. But um, you can also see those, those goals by Jadama in the 38th minute. Are you? Well, for Sacramento? Yeah, 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 Jadama scored in the 38th minute, I believe. You know, off, off a header, and then, um, you know, previous match, who, whose goal was it? Um, Arboleda. Arboleda? Yes. Yeah, Arboleda, uh, he, no, he picked, yeah, like I said, he picked their pocket and sort of like had a great finish, but who was it? Maybe it was Espria's goal was, um, God, what was uh, that off? That was, that was off a crazy, 
crazy uh, center, wasn't it? So are you going to break it before I get too deep into this? You're breaking these down or? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get into them a little bit. I mean, there's I lots, it's... lots of room to talk about lots of stuff, but um, okay. yeah, we'll get well, in, into kind of, yeah. let's, yeah, let's just go into, let's go ahead and go into Reno then. So okay. uh, T2 lost 2-1 at home at Merlo of all places to Reno. Um, unfortunately, we gave uh, that poor team their first win of the season. Uh, they were struggling for points up until that point. And, you know, about the 75th minute, we just kind of, I, I don't like to use the term lost our legs because I, I, we were pretty dominant throughout most of that match. Part of it is, yes, we lost our legs because it's a really short turnaround. Part of it is probably more that, you know, it's they're a young team, and we've seen in the past that T2 will lose focus for portions of a match. Uh, you know, five minutes against Seattle in the season opener, um, the first 30-some-odd minutes against Salt Lake City. Um, you know, like, like you go back to, you know, the, the win at Oklahoma City, that's the, the most comprehensive game that they've played. Um, although now they actually did a very good one by, by Sacramento, but we're not there yet. So it's kind of like T2 <clears throat> lost a little bit of their legs but lost focus. Reno was able to take advantage. They got the equalizer in the 75th minute, and then they got the game winner in the 89th minute. Um, the, the ding dong who scored both goals made player of the week. I didn't vote for him, but you know what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> so Arboleda opened the scoring, bagged his third goal of the season to stand alone as the, as the goal leader for T2. That was a pretty fantastic goal. He, mm-hmm. he like sniped a back pass. Um, I mean, you know, I like the word snipes that intercept because he was really just like, he used his speed and just took that clean off right and really like right in front of the defender and then juked him. And then that you know, finish though, that finish. Oh, the finish was fantastic. I mean, the keeper is just like, uh oh, he's got the ball. And then the next thing you know is the ball's in the back of the net. Yeah, that's that's you're looking at Arboleda going, okay, that's an indication. It wasn't like, okay, he took advantage of it and the, and the goalie, you know, missed. That was a top quality goal, and that's kind of a sign that Arboleda, hey, you want to ask me at the end of the year, you know, who we might be expecting to make that jump? He's he's top of my list right now. He is. I, I absolutely hundred percent agree because this is a goal that Arboleda would not have scored last year, uh-huh. or you know, or in, in uh, was he here twenty sixteen? I don't know, but it, it's it's not a goal he would have scored in the past. He's now showing the ability to score these goals, to take these opportunities. Um, T2 is playing a lot of the game through him. A lot of the attack is going through him, um, and for good reason. I mean, even though it's making them a little bit one-sided, um, kind of a, a one-trick pony type affair, he's still showing to be good enough that that's not going to stop him. And that's kind of the thing where you look at and be like, all right, so USL can't stop him when he's the only thing we got going. That's when you're starting to make that jump to MLS level. So he's on a first team contract, you know, loan down. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I'm in the same spot. He's at the top of my list of, of players who's going to probably make that jump and start earning first team minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps this season. We'll see. Um, for most of the game with Reno, it was a pretty even affair. I think T2 were much better on and off the ball. Reno, you know, being the, uh, affiliate of San Jose, they kind of play their tactics. They play pretty rough. Um, they fouled just as much as they possibly could. Disrupt T2. It was pretty ugly. Um, T2 are trying to play pretty soccer, and Reno were like, oh no, we're going to drag you down in the mud, and it's going to be pretty awful. So 
Um, they fouled like a lot, but it wasn't, they weren't bad fouls. Some of the, some of them like, you know, probably should have got on yellow card just for persistent infringement, but nothing that really warranted like a straight yellow uh, for different fouls. So they were fouling a lot, but it was minor. And it was just enough to stop the play, just enough to disrupt, which means <laughs> they've been practicing that because it's, hmm. they, were, they were very skillful in their fouls and disruption tactics, which, of course, makes me think San Jose, which, of course, they're the affiliate of. And, you know, what are you going to do? So that yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't very pleased with that. Um, and like I said earlier, T2 lost their legs at the end of the match. Um, a little bit of focus. They needed to hold on for a win. Reno scored that equalizer. Um, then threw the kitchen sink at T2 and got that game winner in the 89th minute. And, you know, it was pretty frustrating. Um, given how T2 played this season, this was an actually frustrating loss. Like, hey, this is something that T- shouldn't have happened. T2 deserved something more out of this match, you know. Um, it was it was pretty rough. Uh, I mean, w- when Reno getting their first win, they used that momentum. They got a second win at home versus OKC Energy, who are, seem to be falling apart right now. Um, and their most recent result was a nil-nil draw at Rio Grande Valley. So, you know, uh, yeah, I guess it was nice of us to help them out. But um, they're still... I think they're still behind us on the table. Um, and like I said, uh, the, their fans, if you want to talk about annoying, if the fouling and the roughness wasn't annoying enough, their fans were. Um, someone let them bring in drums, and God, they were loud and annoying. And I just, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's frustrating. But, yeah, so that was Reno. Uh, a 2-1 loss at Merlot. Frustrating. T2 should have gotten something better. Um, but despite that, they came back at Providence Park and won 2 mm-hmm. Now they had a week off, um, which this, this is I think it pisses me off about USL scheduling. So you have a two-game week, followed by a week off, followed by another two-game week. That's ridiculous. It's it's really poor scheduling. I don't get the point of it. It doesn't make any sense. So I mean I don't know how that result would have turned out had T two not played just two or three nights before. But you look at Sacramento, who also who played two or three nights before they played us, and uh, us having like a week, um, a little over a week of rest, you know, then look, we kind of won 2 0. So, um, anything real quick about Reno before we go dig into? Um, I, yeah, uh, Zambrano's uh, banger off the crossbar in the 18th minute. Uh, that was really exciting. Um, and as you said, you know, just kind of broke down. It was a, about the 75th minute, all of, all of a sudden, it became a mess. I mean, from kind of dominating the game to all of a sudden, it just kind of seemed like Reno, it was it was inevitable they were going to score one. And uh, it could have been left to that draw, and then they gave up the one more in the 89th minute. Um, I would say also it was exciting to see Brent Richards and, and Seth Casiple. Uh, Casiple? Yeah. Seth Casiple. I never, I never got it right. Anyway, good for them. I'm glad, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're still, I'm glad they're still playing. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I kind of look at almost like this loss and how we kind of falter at the end. It's like, man, we didn't have Lamar Batista. Uh, the kid is like, he's, he's. I mean, it probably has nothing to do with the fact he was suspended, but you know, it's like, well, maybe it had something to do with him. I don't know. Like, I'm. I'm really high on Lamar Batista, especially yeah. as an outside back right now. So I kind of like look back and I'm kind of like rejudging the, the result based on that. So, so it's all like 
uh, that's a crappy opinion because of how I'm judging it. But I, uh, you know, it's just a little little hot take there. So no, no, that's uh, and that's a good segue because I had a question about that. Um, you know, as we go into the sac this, the Sacramento game. Um, yeah, so he's outside back now. Yeah, um, Penn is a left back. I mean, whether yeah. it's an experiment or not, it's 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 really working. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and he was all he was very involved in the T2's win, two nil um, over the Western Conference leaders and previously undefeated Sacramento Republic. Um, so we know Reno took their first win off us, and we hand Sacramento their first loss this season. That's, that's, a, little, that's a little crazy like that, huh? With that mm-hmm. with USL. Um, MLS two sides can be inconsistent like that, obviously. But uh, hey, you know we've got a four one three record. Uh, we've got more results than we don't this season, so uh, you gotta love where this club's headed, consistency or, or not. I mean, I think a big part of that is that we have a consistent backline. I mean, bringing in Phillips and uh, uh, Mulligan, you know, I think have really solidified that backline, and it really helps when you have a good defense to then attack, bring the offense, and you start getting those good results. One person you'll probably have missed in, uh, against uh, Sacramento Republic was Jeremy Ababasi. Um, he's hurt, not bad, supposedly, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't enough to keep him out of the 18. So if you thought, like I did, that maybe he would make the 18 for the trip to San Jose, we'd all be wrong. Uh, Merritt still follows me on Twitter. He tweeted directly to me, and he's like, no, Ababasi got hurt. Um, it's not bad, not bad at all, but uh, he will not be going to San Jose. He just He's just sitting the game out. And basically in one single tweet, I got more injury information regarding T2 than I have from others within the, the club that are supposed to give me that information in all mm. seasons combined. Well, <laughs> it seems with a Mr. Um, somebody leaving their podcast that you might have uh, unabated access to the boss there. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll just start tweeting every week. Hey, so who's hurt now? Huh? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, the, the worst that can happen is he blocks you. <laughs> oh yes, the worst. Just like, add me to the list of people he's probably blocked. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um, no, nah, no, nah, it's all it's all fine. But it was pretty. It was pretty funny. I was like, oh, hey, obviously he's not the 18. Maybe we'll see him in in, in uh, San Jose. You're just you know, just a random out of the blue guess. And he's like, nope, he's hurt. Uh, it's not bad. And then and I think he followed up with the tweet with like, uh, you should probably improve your sleuthing skills. I was like, that's that's Jeez. awesome. Good burn. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I, I legitimately laughed. Um, but I, but my guess was completely out of the blue. So if you're listening, Merritt, uh, that's a good one. But I was just guessing. So <laughs> I don't know. Good. I don't know, Kevin. He might have called you out on your Hardy Boy skills there. Oh, probably. Yeah, got to get on it. Hey, yeah, he's yeah. got a sometime footy sticker. He loves us. Yeah. Um. So this was a really good win. Um. I did miss the first half, so I missed both goals live. Um. But I went back and rewatched them. Uh, missed the first half because I had to do parenting duty uh, Wednesday night. But the second half. Um, was a very good example of how T2 are learning to manage and maintain a lead to see out a result. Um, they were unable to do that against Reno, but they but they showed that they can do it, maybe on rest, maybe with additional players who weren't suspended. We don't know. Um, but they are, lear- I mean, you know, they didn't do it against Reno. They did it against Sacramento. So they're learning to manage and maintain a lead. Um, the more that they get better at that, obviously we are going to get a lot of solid results and we're going to probably – um, see a lot of wins in the in the wind column, um, but but if you watch the second half, that's they were learning to manage and maintain a lead. Uh, it was very good result, very good of T two to do that. Um, I think I was pretty excited, and I think that's actually the best part of this match is really the fact that you know of course they scored two goals, but Sacramento has every you know has the talent and the capability as they're a solid you know top USL side to come back and just 
oh, we'll get those two goals back and maybe even a third and get our, get all three points. So, sure, you know, we, we scored two goals, and they were both fantastic goals, um, but all teams are kind of weak, weak defensively at some point. And so we took advantage of that. And, and then, you know, the best part is just that unlike versus Reno, when we dropped all three points, we got the lead, two quality strikes, and then in the second half, managed the game state, held Sacramento back, um, got a well-deserved all three points. So that was super cool. Um, on that first goal, Dyron Espria loaned down, opens up his 2018 T2 account. Um, when I saw our Espria and Arboleda as the wingers, I was like, uh, oh, my God, the speed on the wings. This could be really good. Uh, it turns out it was. Um, Arboleda himself threatened a number of times in the match, but it was Dyron Espria who scored in the 16th minute, calmly tapping in from close range after Batista, who himself had a fantastic game, whipped in a very quality cross. Um, Espria had knocked it down, tapped in, and we're up 1-0. Uh, that's a really good... And, and and that's something I think I, 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 think I mentioned in the last episode because we did it in Oklahoma City. We did it in Tulsa. Um and I think we did it against RGV, even though we dropped two goals in the end. But these the the, the fullbacks, um, Mulligan and Batista primarily, but but even Lowe and some of the other guys, they are whipping in some really high quality crosses. Um, Eric Williamson is t- taking some really good corners. Uh, that's how we got our second goal. Modujama um, doubled the lead in the 38th minute. Williamson continuing to impress in midfield showed that he can take you know, great corner kicks, delivering. A uh, pinpoint kick to the back post. And Jadama, you know, he was pretty much unmarked. He made a really good run. He headed the ball down with authority. And the keeper just couldn't couldn't get to it. It was a, a really good goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and to go into break t- up 2-0 is fantastic. You know, like you're up two goals against, you know, the pr- the conference leaders um, who were previously undefeated. And, and that's fantastic. Now, I think Williamson probably deserved himself uh, – uh, or no, he almost got a, a second assist when he put Arboleda into space behind the defense in second half stoppage time. Unfortunately, Arboleda's shot came off the post. Oh. So, so I know it was really it was mm-hmm. so close. But that's where Arboleda is still dangerous. I mean, even though Espria was the one that scored, both wingers were dangerous. Uh, Eric Williamson is just impressing the hell out of me in midfield. Um, it's uh, I'm really excited that we picked that ki- that guy that kid that kid up. Yeah, and and just overall like T two just managed the second half well. They still kept their they still took their chances. You know, Sacramento had a couple of things, but it, it didn't look like anything was going to really trouble McIntosh, who himself is having a good season, um, getting himself I think the third shutout for him. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, his his third shutout, the fourth shutout overall. Um, these are off the top of my head. I can double check, but yeah. but if you think about that, eight games in, four shutouts. The def- the defense is doing so well right now, and that's what you want in your team. If the defense does well and continues to do well all season, then as the attack warms up, and this you've seen this like this season already. Um, you know, aside from the five minutes in Seattle and the thirty minutes in Salt Lake City, the defense has done very well. The attack has been warming up. You know, um, Arbolita is leading the 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 crowd with three goals but the Bobasi, uh williams um langsdorf are all behind him with two goals apiece um and all of those have come in like the past three four five matches so defense is staying holding strong offense is warming up um you know people can go ahead and, and take t2 lightly at your own risk at this point so i i, I mean yes you know a trip to st louis might not be uh, on the cards for a result given the short turnaround. Um, but the way 
way this team plays, we have depth. I mean, uh, I'll talk in a few minutes about Marvin Loria making his first start. I'm really impressed. Um, has lots of attacking depth. We even have some defensive depth. The midfield is fantastic. Um, you know, if these kids can keep their legs under them and keep focused, like <laughs> they can take on just about anyone in the entire league. It's pretty awesome. This is a very exciting season. So, um, some players that we want to highlight before we get into some other stuff. Um, Lamar Batista, he's the top of my list right now. Um, the left back experiment continues. If that's what it is, experiment, I'm not sure. Um, either way, I uh, uh, it's turned out to be a success. I absolutely love it. Um, he can whip in quality crosses. He does very well to get forward. You know, being a center back originally, kind of a, a hybrid center back, outside back, you know, he has very good defensive habits. Um, and so, so the whole thing kind of makes him like <laughs> this really awesome outside back. I see him play both left and right, um, but it does seem to be left that he's uh, either he or the coach prefers him on. Um, Batista didn't get credited with the assist on Espria's goal, but it was his cross that made it happen. Um, so sadly, he didn't get it because probably another player touched it um, before Espria turned it down and, and tapped it in. Uh, but again, you know, he, he's putting in his quality crosses, um, you know, same with Williamson putting in quality corners and T2. As I had tweeted out, kind of a joke, hey, T2's learned how to attack on set pieces. Funny, when did that happen? Oh, probably the same time learned how to uh, pass and play as a team. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's a joke because, but I mean, to be honest, if you look at T2 in previous seasons, like it was 11 players that were trying to do things together and many times like god the passing sucks is things that i have remembered in the previous seasons of the passing being bad and this season it's just like they're playing they're clicking there's chemistry mm -hmm. there's cohesion um there there is like there's consistency in an inherently inconsistent process with the loans um the, when you're at home there's a lot more first team players they kind of want to get minutes for um but still like it's there's so there's so much more success flowing through this team uh, this season that it's 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 hard to miss. <laughs> um, second player number two on my list, Eric Williamson, continuing to shine in midfield. Um, he was a bright spot throughout the Reno, a lot of the Reno match, um, and then he was I mean, he was nearly unplayable against Sacramento. Um, the Williamson Zambrano pairing is just working out really well, and I want to see more and more and more of that. Uh, number three, Marvin Loria. He makes the, this list after his first start of the season against Sacramento. Um, it was been the most minutes I've been able to actually see of him, and I thought he was very dangerous throughout the game. Um, aggressive, smart. It looked like he was out there to prove something, wanted to earn, earn more minutes. Um, I, I really was – I think he had a couple chances that came pretty close. Can't remember off the top of my head. Um, boy, he looked dangerous, and I really want to see more of that. Uh, but, but with him showing up now, that's, again, that's providing more depth up top. Um, even with, with obviously injured, it's like, like you can just swing a stick and hit a attacking player that's probably on fire and wants to prove something and can go out there and, and be dangerous. So it's a tough, tough challenge, I think, for Cameron to pick the lineup, um, and I'm sure that's exactly how he and everybody above him would prefer it. So um, some special mentions, again, Modo. Jadama scored his first goal. Foster Langsdorf continues to improve. He's kind of on a Farfan-esque trajectory. He had a rough first couple games, just like Farfan did, um, but has really started to put it together. Hmm. And and I, I feel like, you know, he's not a left back, but on, he's on that similar trajectory where I think 
if he continues this way, he's he's going to put it together. He's going to become dangerous. He's going to actually show, hey, I am the second awesomest, uh, you know, homegrown player you guys have signed. That's actually from this area, and I think I should get some first team minutes. So, and I, and I think he he could do it. Um, if he can use another striker, not not this season necessarily, but probably next season, um, which is why I'm calling it the Farfan esque trajectory. <laughs> Trademark? I don't know. Um, and then the T2 defense. I just want to talk about Mulligan and Phillips. They've been huge additions. They bring experience and stability to the back line. Um, they're not going to earn first-team contracts. I don't think so. I don't think either one of them were brought in to compete um, for anything with the first team. But they are here to provide experience, stability, and honest to God, I feel so much better when I see them on the starting 11 in the back. So with Mulligan, Phillips... Jadama and Batista, it's like that is the back four that I am very happy to see. And I always feel so much better about the uh, the game coming up when uh, I see them on the, on the team sheet. Any players you want to talk about or any, anything you want to talk about? Batista, Williamson, Loria, or any of my special mentions? Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with those players. I, again, I just want to do, um, you know, give special mention to Vilya and Bijev. Uh, it was good to see him again. Um, you know, he didn't score, so he really bleached his hair. He did, like, like it was. Well, I'm, th- I'm guessing he's spending too much time in California. <laughs> I was about <laughs> to say that. Coast. Maybe uh, he's a California guy now. Yeah, um, no, I mean, he, he he looked dangerous at some times. It was nice to see him out there. As long as he didn't score against us, I got no ill will. Um, and then I wanted to give a special, um, you know, uh, ill will mentioned to Adam Moffat, who was out there for Sacramento. Uh, I think he was a one-time Timber. I think they traded him or something. Um, he's a real POS uh, kind of guy. Ended up playing for the yeah. Sounders. Um, he played down, I think, for Houston. He, kind of a real, ju- yeah. a real journeyman. Kind of a MLS journeyman who ended up. I almost thought you were going to say jerky man. I'm like, yeah, he is kind of a jerk too, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's always come across as a real kind of a jerk. You know, it's you know, if, whatever interviews I might have recalled watching or something on MLS. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, he's a guy that I could probably be happy if I, you know, something bad happened to him. But um, So did you see what happened in the second half? I think it was Batista. Um, him and Batista came together, Moff and Batista. Of course. But but there was there was nothing in it. Like, it wasn't bad from either player. It was just like they come together, try to get the ball, you know, they they just touch each other like any other player is going to touch each other like mm-hmm. 99.9% of the time on the field, you know, shoulder to shoulder, not even no pushing, no shoving, no like, you know, unless something was said, I don't know. But uh, Batista just kind of stepped back and then Moffat just like goes and shoves him. Yeah. And, and Moffat, like after they kind of like break apart, he was all of a sudden lost his cool. Um, and I don't know why. Like no clue. I mean, he's obviously getting frustrated because we're kicking his team's butt. Um, but it was like Batista was just like, I don't what he just put his hands up. He stayed calm, thank God. He still got a yellow for it, which was ridiculous. No, no, he didn't. Neither player got a yellow. That's right. Mm. For some reason, I kept thinking mm-hmm. because I mean, Batista kind of sometimes he loses his cool. He didn't lose his cool. Um, deservedly didn't get a card, but neither did Moffat, which is really weird. Yeah. Um, the referee, I don't even think really talked to him. Maybe talked to him a little bit, but it was just like. Nothing happened, and then all of a sudden, Moffat gets pissed off, shoves a player over, not not over, but he shoved him hard enough that Batista could have fallen over. Right. And and then the refs just like, yeah, 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 calm down. You calm him down with a yellow card. I don't care right. if it's a some odd minute or not, you know. But 
that's just kind of the, that's you know since we're talking about him, that's the kind of player he is. Yeah, that's why I don't like him. His whole career, he's always been that guy. Yeah. So uh, very unlikable character. So, <laughs> but, um, so we got two away games before our next episode. Um, this Saturday, the day after this episode airs, we are traveling to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Louis being a pretty decent team, like I said, they they are, are pretty stout defensively. Um, not one of the most prolific scoring teams, so they're very good at doing the one nil wins. Um, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm hopeful. I'm definitely hopeful. Like I said, T two is playing very well. Um, we can we can when when we're on task and we're staying focused, we can play against anyone in the league and probably beat them. Um, only things that were not in our favor, obviously, it's an away trip on short rest. And I think those are gonna be the two big things. Away on a short trip. Um, I they know have, after, uh, they have a really good atmosphere there too. So St. Louis they do. Dude, really well supported. Yes, it's very well supported there. Um, one of my uh, co-hosts on the USL show, Phil Grooms, covers St. Louis and lives, mm-hmm. uh, lives over there. So uh, that sort of team, you know, it, it, it favors the home team. The, situ- the situation of this favors the home team. And, and that's fair. You know, like if you're a home side, you expect to win. So we'll see how it goes. I'm, like I said, hopeful, but uh, not holding my breath for anything. Um, after that, we then have another away game, having to go back to Cheney Stadium in Tacoma and play S2 away again. Um, that one I am hopeful for. Uh, S2, yes, they, they beat us last time, but again, we absolutely laid waste to them for 85 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, if not for just their dumb luck within a five-minute window at the end of the first half, we probably would have just we would have embarrassed them on their home opener. So I want to go back up there. I want revenge and I want this T2 on a full week's rest, only going to Seattle to probably go up there and just and lay waste to them. They, cause they, they got, they've only gotten like two or three wins with two wins maybe. Um, or, or they could, their only win could have been against us. I don't really know off the top of my head. I just know that they are not doing as well as T2. Um, they're doing better than their first team, which, I guess T2 it kind of is too a little bit, although the numbers are improving. Um, their first team is not improving, so that's I loved it. I love to hear that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So you know, I, it's a game that I think we deserve to win, just based on like how the teams are currently playing, um, and we can go back up there. Uh, the only thing is, like, Cheney Stadium is is a very good environment. They actually are well supported. Uh, they had six thousand some odd people for their home opener, which was pretty impressive. And unfortunately, I must tip my hat to that. Um, you know, it was a smart move for them to move S2 down to, to uh, Tacoma. Mm-hmm. They'll rebrand, they'll rebrand from S2 in 2019, do something else, um, to probably name it Tacoma something. And I think that'll just kind of ingratiate them into that South sound scene. Yeah. Uh, more and that's, and maybe get some more support. And, and that's, you know, the thing is you look around, like it's not, it's hard to kind of find a place to do that with, with T with T2 being still within range of Portland. I mean, Salem has the under twenty threes, and we, I'm not. They're doing really well, so I'm not sure you'd want to bump them out and push them further away. Um, but you know, yeah. and, I, and and to be fair, the the Timbers are not even remotely looking at any possibility to move T two around. Um, no, I, I'm pretty sure, pretty confident in that. So um, anyway, uh, so that'll be Saturday, May twelfth. Um, we will release our next episode on Friday, May eighteenth. There's a game that day. It's at eleven a.m. Yes. And on 11 a.m. on a Friday, 11 a.m. 
insanity. Right. Again, USL scheduling is absolute insanity. Um, that's probably not a game meant for your standard fan to go see. No. I don't know. I mean, unless they expect people like, hey, take a two or three hour lunch and come down to Providence Park in downtown, which for all I know, people might do. Um, I'm sure it's probably going to be, since it's a Friday, it's 11 a.m., that sounds like it's probably going to be doing something for school kids. Mm -hmm. uh, they did like a Providence Health Day last year where they had like 7,000 uh, students in the Portland area come by and watch. Um, and that was, I heard that was a really good game. Uh, you know, I obviously can't make it because I'm working. Like probably most everybody has a 40 hour, eight, you know, Monday through Friday type of job that won't be able to make it. Um, I'll probably actually be able to watch online and, and maybe even tweet. We'll see mm -hmm. um, if my uh, boss is okay with that. But, you know, either way, uh, kind of weird. 11 a.m. Friday, May 18th. Yeah, is, I mean, it, uh, at, is it at the PP or is it at the Oh, Mendo? yeah, yeah. No, it's a Providence Park. Okay. For sure. It's at Providence Park. It's versus LA Galaxy 2. Um, I'm Ooh. sure we can probably beat them. They are doing awful this season. Uh, right after that, though, that's the St. Pauli friendly on May 22nd. Um, and then we've got to bring, then we bring all that around full circle um, against Monarchs SLC on Saturday, the 26th. So the next, after these two road trips, there's a three, three game home stand, um, a friendly um, bookmarked on each end by a, mm -hmm. uh, by a league league match. So, so those, are the episodes, those are the episodes we'll be, we'll be discussing or, mm -hmm. or sorry, not gosh, darn it. I'm getting my everything's getting mixed up. Podcast games, episodes, uh, matches. Oh my god! So those are the two away games that we will possibly cover very briefly in the next episode, mm -hmm. uh, because hopefully we can we can make something happen with uh, with F with FC St. Pauli. Fell in love with the girl podcast um, and do do stuff like that. And it's also possible that if we do record with them, we might record earlier than we usually do. So maybe. It'll even be before the S2 game. We'll see how it is. Um, either way, I, if, you, if you're liking our podcast, uh, you should probably definitely check out the next one that comes out. Mm -hmm. And then we'll talk about some home games on the one episode after that. So that's T2. Um, so, Josh, uh, while we've got time, uh, PDXFC, 4th Division Soccer, um, Get everybody caught up on the uh, lower side soccer in Oregon. Yeah, uh, I'm going to start with the Timbers under 23s out of Salem. They won their preseason match versus Twin City Union eight to one, I believe. Uh, they absolutely, um, they they just took them behind the shed and they whooped their ass. Pardon my. <laughs> um, Twin City Union though is is a is a different level. This was a really good match for the under-23s. They don't have their full squad. No Division Four side in Oregon is really ready right now. Um, what you have is a lot of college kids, a lot of high school seniors, and, um, you know, they're just kind of pulling it together. Uh, so uh, Timbers under-23s, their second preseason match uh, was a friendly uh, they played against Starfire FC. Starfire is out of Southern Oregon. They beat them 2-0. Um, they're going to come back up to play at John Chambers Field uh, on on this Sunday at 5. They play against uh, Washington Premier. Um, Washington Premier beat PDX FC in this same preseason tournament uh, last weekend. And... Um, so that means PDX FC will play against that Twin City Union uh, team in Salem on Sunday at 2.30 p.m.
p.m. Um, it is at John Cham John Chambers Field. The tickets are nine dollars for adults, but if you're there to see PDX FC at two thirty, come to my tent before you go to the Timbers under twenty three's tent. I am comped free tickets. Up to twenty five free PDX FC fans are allowed in. My preseason or my uh, season ticket holders can get in first, but I mean, I only used 12 of the 25 last match. So come on out to Salem, John Chambers Field, out at the um, Capital FC training complex, and we'll get you in. Um, PDX FC just added Reggie Reyes. He's a forward out of Woodburn High School and Concordia University. They added Gregorio Mount. He's a midfielder. He used to play in, uh, for AC Tutto Cuccio uh, in the Italian Serie C. Um, he went to LIU Brooklyn and played for Pierce County FC last year. That's the team that folded. Uh, they, they added Octavio Hermosillo uh, to the midfield. He's a Clark College, uh, also went to Warner Pacific University, and he's a Portland Timbers Academy player. Uh, they brought back Jake Young. He's a defender out of Corbin University um, and played for Vancouver Victory a couple years ago. Um, and then they... They brought back Johnny Rodas Hills. Um, this is sort of a big signing. I mean, all the other players, everyone, you know, has played their part, local boys, local high schools. Um, but this is kind of that guy that he's, he's, he's in the Timbers Academy program. Um, he'll be playing at Oregon State University uh, this coming year. But he was the um, 2017 6A high school player of the year. Um, he's an amazing talent. From what I've read at uh, topdrawersoccer.com, the guy can find the back of the net no matter what's happening. So they're really excited to have him on the roster. Nice. Um, uh, PDX FC's rival, FC Malouz, uh, FCMP under-19 boys advance to the Oregon State Cup after beating Eastside FC in penalties. Um, their first team had a preseason game as well. They beat Tri-Cities Alliance 5-1. to one. Um, uh, let's see, they added some players as well. Christian, uh, Tyron from Concordia, Nick Evans, brother, Stephen Evans from Concordia, Patrick Allred from Vancouver victory. He also played for PDX FC last year. Um, Juan Inzunza from Warner Pacific and Leighton Thomason, uh, who goes to Pacific university. Uh, and, and last but not least, uh, Lane United out of, uh, Eugene Springfield area, uh, actually just got off the phone with, um, owner and kind of general operator Dave Gallas um, just before we got on to our into our conversation here on the podcast um, and so I just I asked him if was you know were there any points of you know you wanted me to mention or anything so uh, they completed their roster on April 21st after those tryouts that we mentioned last podcast they had their first training uh, as a unit on May 1st, but just before that, they played a preseason match first Vancouver victory on April 28th, and they won for nothing. Um, so that's sort of that. That match was sort of a, more of a continuation of the tryout, but they had goals by Sean Dorman, Calvin Mitchell, Alex Baker, and then a good old own goal, uh, put one in the back of the net in the 67th. Um, so their next match is a home, uh, a home match. Uh, it's a preseason game against Northwest Christian University, and then they play uh, Wednesday, the fifth at uh, at seven p.m. Um, against Starfire. Uh, their season opener is at TSS 
FC Rovers at Swangard Stadium on Monday, May 14th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, their home opener is versus Sounders under 23s at the Les Schwab Sports Park uh, down there in um, Lane County, uh, May 20th at 2 p.m. Uh, they're coached by Dave's brother, John, um, John Gallus. So sort of a brother's duo, kind of like PDXFC is. Uh, so how did they come to be was one of my questions. Uh, so I don't know if many of you remember the, uh, the Eugene Emeralds played at a stadium called Civic Stadium, and there was a kind of a save the stadium effort. Um, but in order to save the stadium, they needed a team to play in it. And Dave sort of said, hey, you know, I can put together a team. Does it have to be baseball? And so, uh, yeah, he joined that. And it kind of they, they set up this pass the hat effort where they all sort of uh, contributed to the to the um, to the effort to, to bring a team to the stadium. And uh, it caught some it, it caught the attention of some investors. So it was a kind of a community first endeavor. And then, um, you know, then investors started helping out. Um, one of my questions was, is there a political leaning? You know, we see with the Timbers and sort of the, the Timbers army, especially sort of a left leaning, you might say, left leaning crowd, lots of uh, social welfare with the Timbers army, lots of giving back to the community, a lot of that in mind. Um, he said, it isn't so much a political affiliation as much as it's pride in community down there at Lane United. So it's not leaning left and it's not leaning right. There's no real political movement or under undercurrent to their fan base. So much as just really a, a real true love of having a local soccer team and just, you know, it's so far removed from Portland Timbers that there's no, um, there's no convolution with what team to support. This is your team. And so they have a really great um, support set up there. Um, he says that that division is arguably the best in the West at their level. Um, it's really affordable, but high quality. Um, so lots of really great players come through there, um, that end up at the top division. Um, he gave me a list, but my kids came through the door at the same time I was talking to him. So I didn't, I didn't get to scribble down some of the names he mentioned. Um, but he said just, just in the last couple of years, nine players have come through Lane United um, and then they've been uh, drafted into the top two divisions of U.S. soccer um, out of out of Lane United. So that's a really good um, return on investment for um, a ten dollar ticket at the gate. Uh, they're setting up online uh, an online ticket system. So just before their season kicks off, you should be able to go on to their website and uh, and get a ten dollar ticket. Kids kids are five dollars at the door or online, um, and they serve beer, cider, and wine. So that is a breakdown of your four Oregon uh, Division Four teams. And just a side note, we have Vancouver Victory up in uh, Vancouver, Washington. They're one and one in their preseason with a win over North Idaho College and a loss to Lane United. Nice. So there's five local soccer teams. I think everybody, if you're in the area, should go out and support always. always yeah. Support local soccer. Um, <clears throat> I think that's going to be about it for us from this episode um you should all know where to find us of course my computer continues to freeze up and i'm not gonna be able to read my thing but anyway um you know where you can find us twitter you know ptk podcast um you can find josh pdxfc you can find me stumptown footy and also on the usl show um i myself at k mccamish pdx josh is at joshua r duder um 
As always, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Also got to thank the Beautiful Game Network, where you can find us, Play the Kids, bgn.fm, or playthekids.com. Very easy. Don't forget to subscribe using the links to iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher via playthekids.com. And, uh, you know, having knowing, like, kind of how many listeners are out there now, I challenge everyone who listens to this show, I challenge you, if you like what we're doing, um, <clears throat> then I challenge you to, to share and spread the word. Tell someone else who has no idea that Play the Kids exists, tell them about us. Get them to listen to an episode, and and see if they like it. Yeah. Um, so you know, if you like what we're doing, that's the probably the best way you can support us is just spread the word. Um, I would love to get more listeners. You know, maybe double what we've gotten out by the end of the season. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, so like I said, go out. And I challenge you. If you like what we do, go out and tell someone. Tell more than one person, but at least go and tell someone that hey, I just listened to this up this podcast called PlayTheKids.com. And uh, it's, it's pretty darn good. Just go listen yeah. to it. Yeah, I mean, along the lines of that challenge, I'd say if you're a um, a lower league soccer fan that we kind of just touch on once in a while, if you're a fan of Lane United, if you're a fan of FCM, you know Malouz, if you're a PDXFC fan, if you're a Timbers under 23s fan, um, or even Vancouver Victory, let me know. Reach out. Um, tell me, you know, what is it about your club that you love? Tell me what is it about your club that I got wrong? Um, you know, give give me some more information, and I'll, and I'll definitely um, get it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can reach out to either of us. We actually had uh, I had today someone from England um, reach out to me concerning uh, inquiring about a uh, academy player who is nationality is English. Um, so that was pretty neat, and we were recommended by Reddit. So R Timbers, to all you people that are out there on Reddit slash R Timbers, um, super great. Thanks that you guys are listening and, and recommending people, directing them to myself and play the kids. Um, it was I was very happy to to help them out with uh, with their what they were looking for. So um, one last thing again, I think bgn.fm shout out of the episode. Um, if you haven't heard Backyard Footy. I highly recommend you go check it out. It's a podcast that gives a behind-the-scenes look at being a professional soccer player. Um, this is hosted by current pro soccer player, and you know, he, he's, he plays for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, Hugh Roberts. He released his second episode featuring Yosef Samuel. Um, heard some of it. It's, oh, my God, it's so good. Um, you have to go listen to it. So shout-out of the episode for our BG.FM network, Backyard Footy. Go and check that out. Um, and that'd be it from us. So from myself and from Josh, uh, thank you again so much for your support and for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Alfita Zane.